So, you know, in our society, we have heroes that are, that are sports heroes. Isn't that right? Yes? We have, we have heroes that are media stars. We have heroes that are politicians. Well, maybe a few. And we have business leaders that are heroes too, right? And there's all kinds of heroes. The, the problem is, is, is that when, when there's heroes, there's also fallen heroes, right? Do we have that picture? That's, the, that's Superman having a rough day. What do you think? And, you know, when we place our trust in heroes, these uh, improbable people that, that seem like they're doing supernatural things, we, we will be disappointed. We will be disappointed. We love them. They look like they're, they have superpowers. They look almost mythical, don't they? These superheroes, but but really, in the long run, they're they're broken, and they're just like us. They're just they're just myths. They're they're ideas that are idealized, but but really, in the long run, it's going to look a little like this guy here. I hope I don't look like that guy now. But Pastor Kelly talked a little about uh, that achievement is not the measure of greatness in God's eyes. He talked about that last week. And I think that that's the case when it comes to heroes. So we're going to look about how God, how you become God's hero. How many of you want to become God's hero? Good job. All right. So when we, when we look about this, we, we, we see that heroes in this world, they, they're very one-dimensional. They're very flat. They're, they look like they're going to do something great, but in the long run, we don't see all the other sides to them. We don't see how they were made like this, and so oftentimes they can be very disappointing. But when we talk about David, we're, we're talking about David in 3D. That's our series, right? David in 3D. And in this series, we're talking about how David is 3D. He's real, just like us. And what that means is that he has our vulnerabilities as well. But it also says on the other end that we can be a little like him as well. So we want to learn and we want to see in this, in this understanding of David and Goliath how we could be a little like God's heroes. We are called to be a hero, but we're not called to be heroes like the world makes heroes, these disappoint, disappointments that eventually show up. We are called to be God's heroes. And what does that look like? We want to look at it today. So a little in the history of, uh, of this story of David and Goliath uh, are the Philistines. The Philistines are a people that were, hated Israel for hundreds of years. And they hated Israel for a few reasons. One is because they were real warriors and they were a little uncomfortable that Israel was winning battles. They wanted to be the, most, the strongest force in the world. And, and they were becoming not that. It's kind of like, you know, we're a superpower here in, in America, but we're a little challenged by China and by Russia. That's exactly how they were feeling. And also, the religions were different. They worshipped Dagon. We worshipped Yahweh. The, the people of Israel worshipped Yahweh, the living God. Dagon was, was uh, an idol. 
And so there were opposing religions, and you know that that oftentimes brings a lot of animosity as well, right? A lot of anger as well. So, so these two uh, nations were really, really opposing each other. And then we have how the, how the war was set up. Uh, there were the, uh, the Philistines and Israel, and, and they were in this valley of Elah. And Elah, uh, this valley of Elah was very similar to the Salt Lake Valley, except it was a little smaller. So there was one range on one side, one range on the other side, and in the middle was a valley. Israel was on one side, and the Philistines were on another. So it's very similar to kind of the setup that we have here. And then we have Goliath. Goliath was a champion. He was a champion. And, and he was... He was pretty tall. And it says that he was, uh, he was six cubits and a span. Anybody know how, how tall that is? That tall. That, well, actually, he's, he's the tallest man that ever lived. He's uh, eight feet, 11 inches. And, and Goliath was nine feet and some inches. They don't know exactly how many, but nine feet and some inches. And, and then there's another picture. You can see him compared to other people. Yeah, you can see he's, he's a lot taller than these people, and especially, who put that guy in there? Gosh, the video team must have done that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's another tall joke for you. <laughs> Kelly, I think Kelly put that in. He always tells me, he gives me tall jokes. So um, Goliath was six cubits in a span, over nine feet and his armor was six, uh, 5,000 shekels. That's 125 pounds, folks. I think about those salt pellets that I have to put in my water softener, 50 pounds. I could barely carry that. And, and I'm carrying like two and a half of those in order to carry the amount of weight that was Goliath's armor. This guy was big. He was strong. He was, he was uh, very, very intimidating, to say the least. And if we look at this first scripture to kind of give us an idea of where we're at in 1 Samuel, it says, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight with me. If he kills me, then he will be your slave. Then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man that will fight me. And there's a few things in here that we want to understand about, about Goliath's call to the nation of Israel. First of all, he was taunting Israel. When, when you're in a war... And, uh, and the enemy is after you. And the war that we're in, the enemy is the devil, right? And he loves to taunt us, doesn't he? Yes? He loves to taunt us. He loves to make fun of us. He loves to threaten us and intimidate us so we do not take action. And that is exactly what Goliath was trying to do. He was taunting Israel. Then he says, I am the Philistine champion. Now, that word champion is an important word because the idea of a champion battle would be that one army would bring forth their champion, the best, and the other army would bring forth their champion, the best, and they would both fight so that both armies didn't need to fight. It was very efficient, don't you think? 
And those two would fight, and, and the winner of, uh, of that, then the other, the, the one that lost, he, that army would now be subject to the winner's army. And so that is the concept of, of this champion. He's saying, I am the champion of the Philippines. And the, uh, Philippines. <laughs> I love that. Philistines. Kevin, hi there. Everybody say hi to Kevin <laughs> in the Philippines, our Philippine pastor. So, uh, and he defied them. And that is, that is exactly how this battle went down. And so what we have here is, is Goliath defying God. That's what he's saying, basically, is I defy you, God. I defy you because all these people, they're just the servants of God. They're just the, 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 the fighters of Israel. I am the champion. I am the champion. And that's kind of the way, you know, if you ever see like a, a, a fight on TV, they're, they're always trying to intimidate each other, right? That's exactly what's happening here as well. And so, meanwhile, David's dad says, hey, you know, my, my three oldest sons are in the battle. David, go. You're the youngest. Go and check and see how things are. And so David went, and it said, David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul into battle. And so the three oldest were there. David came and he was checking on how he was obeying his dad and checking to say, hey, what's going on here at the battle? So David, David came on the scene. And I want to talk to you about five strategies that develop God's heroes now, okay? Because we are God's heroes. You might, you might not know that, but, you know, uh, that Queen song, we are the champions. <laughs> Jody pays me not to sing, but she's not here today. So the first strategy that developed God's heroes is the awareness of God's heroes, the awareness. And in 1 Samuel, we see the scripture says, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. So he had done this day after day, day after day, day after day. And it says that David heard it. David heard that there was a defiance, that that. Uh, Goliath wanted to challenge Israel to this battle. This is what we need to do. We need to be aware that we are in a battle. Now, there's a lot of things in this world that can distract us, but if you want to be God's hero, the first thing you need to do is recognize that you're in a battle each and every day. Every single day, we are in a battle. We are at a war with a terrible enemy, and that enemy wants to do exactly what Goliath wanted to do. Kill, destroy, and defy the living God and those that serve him. And so that is the enemy that we face as well. That enemy was personified in Goliath. We face the, the enemy, the devil, each and every day. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. You guys, this is not a passive enemy. Goliath was not passive. He was going to stand his ground until someone stood up to him. 
And the battle was won. And he knew it was going to be won. He intimidated the entire army of Israel. Our enemy is not a passive enemy. We live a lot of times, do you guys agree? As if there is a passive enemy. Yeah, we know the devil's out there. The enemy's out there. But I'm not feeling it today. I'm not feeling it today. The reality is, is he is there every single day. And I don't want to give him any more credit than he deserves. But, but he has definitely put in place a system and a process called the world system that now leads us each and every day in a way towards brokenness. I mean, just look at this world, you guys. Look at this world. This is a broken world. We live in one of the greatest countries that's ever existed. How broken is this country? Whatever side you might be on, if you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, who cares? Look at the brokenness of our nation. And that didn't come haphazardly. That came because there is a process and a plan by someone who wants to steal and kill and destroy each and every person that God has created, and especially the children of God. David stepped right into this battle. He stepped right into this battle, and he was aware. Before that time, he was where? He was, he was taking care of sheep. He was playing with his slingshot, right? And taking care of sheep. That's what he was doing. But when he walked in, he saw, whoa, there is an enemy. And that's the first part of becoming a hero of God, is recognizing that there is an enemy that wants to destroy people, destroy people we love, destroy ourselves, and do damage to our souls. What war do we live in? The devil would try to convince us there is no war or distract us from this war, but there is a war, yes? This is what it says in Ephesians. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. First of all, there is a struggle. The struggle is real. Whether you want to recognize it or not, the struggle is real. You can engage it in a proactive way or you can ignore it in a passive way, but guaranteed that war, that struggle is going to affect your life. And it is only by being God's hero that you can move forward in your life, that you could resist the devil Submit to God, the Bible says. Resist the devil and he will flee. That it wasn't just for the people of the New Testament times. That's for us. That's for me. That's for you. Turn to someone right now and say, that is for you. Well, you almost did it. That's pretty good. And the struggle is real. And and who is the struggle? Who do we struggle against? Rulers, authorities, powers, and forces. These are not timid forces. These are the powerful forces of an enemy that can only be defeated by the power of God. Amen? 
And, it, and then the scripture says, when the day of evil comes, when it comes. It doesn't say if it comes. It says when it comes. So do you think it's here? How many of you think the day of evil is here right now in this world? That's right. It's here. And so we need to stand our ground, as the scripture says. Stand our ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. To stand. To resist the enemy that is here for our destruction. We must stand. The goal, Goliath's goal, was the enslavement of Israel. The enslavement of Israel. And that is the same goal today, the enslavement of mankind. The enslavement of mankind. I'm not talking about physical slavery. Oh, that's that's a possibility. I'm talking about enslavement of our souls. Enslavement of the promises of God for our lives. Enslavement in our relationships. Enslavement in in our understanding of who God is. And being able to walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. Amen? For weeks, Goliath had challenged Israel. Forty days. Forty days. Two times a day, he'd come out and say, I defy you as the champion of the Philistines. Bring forth the man who would have the courage to come and fight me and I will destroy him and you will become our slaves. Forty days he did that. Two times a day. Here was the army of Israel. Here were the children of Israel. The descendants of the ones who had been set free from Israel who walked through the river, the sea, And saw great miracles in the plagues. These people were standing there. And they were intimidated. By 40 days of defiances. Where are we today? Where are we today? In our engagement. In our call that God has placed on our lives. To be heroes in this world. For 40 days Israel and the great king Saul, the very first king of Israel. It says that they were intimidated. Intimidated. Heroes are few and far between. But today, this is my hope, is that today when we walk out of this room, we would be heroes for God. Not in our own strength, but in the power that only God can provide. Amen? Do you think I'm being too dramatic here? I don't think so. I don't think so. We must take hold of our call of God. We must take hold of our call of God. And just just a little side note here. You know, David had other resistance too. His motives were questioned. They were questioned by his family. It's like, what are you doing here? 
It says in, in, in uh, 1 Samuel 17, starting with 28, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch this battle. And the motives of David's were, were, were threatened, were questioned, even by those that were on his side. As a hero, you will have your motives questioned. Now let's look at the preparation of God's heroes. And Kelly hit a little on this last week. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, I struck it, and rescued the sheep from its own mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. And your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Another questioning right at the beginning of this is you can't do this. You can't do this. That's Saul. The highest authority in the army is saying, you can't do this. How many times do we hear, how many times do we say to ourselves, I can't do this. I can't do this. We can do it. We can do it. And the reason we can do it is because God is giving us the power. God is giving us the strength. First of all, you guys, David was in the desert and he was shepherding sheep. If you want to know how you can be prepared as a hero of God, there's two things we want to look at. The first is the quiet place of the desert because that's where he was. And that's where he was for a long time. You know who else was there for a long time? Moses. Moses was there for a long time. The quiet place of the desert. He was alone. Alone with God. God preparing his soul to be able to shepherd. To be able to learn the disciplines. Learn the ideas associated with the great things that were to come in both of their lives. Moses and David. Do you go to the desert do you go to the alone place with God every day? You have to. You have to. Why do you have to? Because you're in a war. And if you want to be in a war and see God move on your behalf, go to the desert first. Be prepared by the living God. Spend time with him. There's nothing in your power and your strength that is going to defeat the, the Goliaths in your life. It is solely by your relationship with God and his authority that he releases to you. 
So go to the desert. This is a world that resists the desert. This device right here is the most desert-destroying device ever created. Because it is so easy to be distracted by it. I just put on this, this new app on my phone, and it says that I spent two hours and ten minutes on it yesterday. Oh, that's a long time. That's longer than I spent in the desert with Jesus yesterday. That is sad. Thank you very much. I'm glad the kids are in here. <laughs> it is sad. I'm not going to do that anymore. I was a little horrified by that. Go to the desert. Go to the desert and be with the living God. And there find your refreshment. There find your life. There find the energy and ability to be able to come out and come onto the the theater of war and be able to strike down Goliaths and giants. Go to the desert. You know, if that was the only point today... It would be worth it if you accepted it and started living it. I know that we live in a world that is so distracted. It is so easy. It is so hard to be alone with God. But it is only when we are alone with God. It is only when we are on our knees before the living God, humbling ourselves, inviting His Spirit in, filling us with His Spirit, that we now have any ability whatsoever to be able to accomplish that which God has given us to do. Go to the desert. Go to the desert. How many people do that? The next point is, if you look at David and you see him before Goliath, You know, all the army must have thought, wow, this guy's got guts. This guy's got courage. I could never do that. Matter of fact, we know they could never do that. Because for 40 days, two times a day, 80 times, Goliath defied Israel to have someone come forward and fight this battle. And nobody did it. They were demoralized, Scripture says in in, in 1 Samuel 17. And so no one came. And so it's very easy to think, well, Goliath, it's good that David did that, but I could never do that. It's good that Jody has all this faith, our pastor, but I could never be like that. David gave us an answer for this. Kelly talked a little about it last week. The bear and the lion principle. The bear and the lion principle. When you trust God in your everyday small battles, you are now prepared to trust God when the giants come. It is only because of those little battles that David was able to do what he did. He even used it as an example about why he could Jody's just like us. David is just like us. They just worked out in the faith gym. 
working out their faith muscles. I can't do that because I have none. But work out your faith muscles each and every day. I learned this principle years ago. The faith that that I came to faith in Christ with is the same faith that I need to trust God with each and every day. And you know what? When you do that, he's going to challenge you to work out your faith muscle. He did that with Peter. He said, walk on water. And he got out of the boat. Now, of course, he learned that he had a limit to his faith muscle that day, right? But in the long run, he learned the lesson. And he was able to stay out of the boat and stay out of the boat and stay out of the boat each and every day. That's what David did. And we are called to do the same thing. Are you going to believe God for today? What is he calling for you to do today? So that you will one day, when the giant comes, you can look back and say, yeah, I can do this because of those things that I've been working on and working on in the the grace and the faith of Christ for years and years. I'll give you an example. We've been here 15 years, Cynthia and I and our kids And there is no way that we ever would have come to Utah. I'm telling you. I love this place, but there is no way I could have ever come to this place without dozens and dozens and dozens of times where I worked my faith muscles out in the spiritual gym and trusted God for what he wanted to do in my life. And it is because of that that I was able to answer him. So do you work out? Do you take everyday acts of stepping out in faith? You know, I'm not going to do the rest of this because I think that I think that that's the most important point that we face today. Goliath is challenging us. God says, step up. Recognize that you and I are in a battle. Go to be with God in the desert, in the quiet place, so that you could be refreshed by the Spirit of God and prepared by God himself. That's boot camp, you guys. We just had someone from our, from our church finish boot camp. Oh, that was rough. Boot camp is tough. That's what we do every day. We go and be with God. We are in boot camp to learn to use the spiritual weapons the sword of the Spirit, right? To learn to use these spiritual weapons. Be in the presence of God. And next, trust Him each and every day. You know what happens when when you don't trust God in each and every day? Your faith 
becomes withered and dried and brittle. Does anybody, does that sound attractive to anybody? Does that sound useful to anybody? It isn't. Our faith needs to be resilient. It needs to be active. It needs to be something that we use each and every day. We have an enemy right now that is defying us and saying, I defy you as the champion of the Philistines. I defy you to come up and engage me in battle. Be like David. Be like David. He was prepared in the desert and he had trusted God. Day after day after day. What is God calling you to do in your faith today? Could you stand with me? What is God leading you to do today? Is it to go up to someone today that you have connected with and tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ? The good news that because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, he took upon himself all the sins that we should have died because of, and he died in, in our place. Can you tell them that? Oh, I could never do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Just little steps of obedience, teeny little actions of obedience each day, in the end, make up a hero of God who can now say, yes, I believed God for the bear. Yes, I believed God for the lion. Yes, I could believe God for the Goliaths that are in my life today. Do you have some Goliaths in your life today? A relational issue, a money issue? Areas that you're struggling in in your walk with God? Maybe an addiction? Maybe your Goliath is just that your faith has kind of been dried a little because it has not been used on a daily basis. I want to give you opportunity to respond to the Lord today. I want to respond to the Lord today because we must answer this call. You could ignore it all you want. You're still in the battle. You're still in the battle. There's not much choice here. Let's pray. Lord God, right now, we just come before you and we ask. Lord, teach us to be with you. If you're you're struggling to spend time in the desert with Jesus, to be alone with him with Jesus, could you just raise your hand? It's so easy to, to, after a while, to to forget the, the fresh goodness of God that he wants to bring to us on a daily basis. Lord, you see these hands raised up. I ask God that you would just meet us tomorrow morning, tomorrow during the day that you would meet us, that we would choose to be in the desert knowing that this is the place of preparation, the place of preparation. Lord, we ask that you would move mightily.